What is up, everybody? This is Brayden from Flint Mastering, and I am the host and content curator of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. And today we have for you an exclusive archive, which means you're going to hear an exclusive episode that DK and I recorded almost a year ago. You're going to have the chance to hear what our exclusive episodes are all about and how much fun and learning goes on between me and DK as we discuss technical tips and important techniques in relation to producing mixing and mastering. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to be a part of the exclusive content we provide twice a week, you can do so by heading over to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do this podcast without you. I hope you enjoy this episode of the exclusive archives. And with that, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. my friends and welcome back to another exclusive subscriber only episode of the mixing music podcast i'm your host for today brayden from flint mastering uh we're back today after thanksgiving break we hope that you all had a lovely and wonderful thanksgiving and that everything went well for you you got to eat a lot you got to spend time with family and friends and you got to take a break from the grind um here with me today back fresh from thanksgiving doing some pretty cool stuff outside of mixing as i've been told earlier today the legend himself daddy dk what's up dk what up the cool thing that brayden's talking about i did a cool thing today um uh i drove a tesla to marsh i drove marshmallow's brand new tesla to marshmallow's house sick i'm not gonna explain <laughs> anything else and why that happened uh anyway his car go boom zoom um yeah i broke it in for him basically which is kind of funny to- <laughs> and it do it do go zoom uh anyway uh <laughs> it do go zoom uh, let's uh let's uh yeah let's record and i met sean mendez yesterday which is like another back-to-back uh, I won't get into any reasons why. Again, this is uh, maybe I have secret projects going on. I don't know. But anyway, let's it's go. Uh, let's get into uh, the story well, or uh, the lesson today. Well, first, let's start with quick, friendly banter. How was your Thanksgiving, DK? Dude, it was fantabulous. How was yours? It's pretty good. The in-laws came down from Cincinnati, hung out with them. Do you get along no. with your in-laws? Yeah, for the most part. That was. That was the most pleasant, yeah, that you could have given. That, that was, was like that was still like. <laughs> I knew I knew what you meant. Like it was still yeah. it, it still translated, but it was yep. pleasant. You you yeah. said that pleasantly. Yep, I'm getting good at it. Yeah, done it done it a lot. So <laughs> anyway, with that as a backdrop, everyone's like, "Whoa, what's Brayden's problem with the in laws?" <laughs> You hate their guts? <laughs> you want them to die? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just everybody's oh, off on the wrong foot. Like, Brayden. <laughs> oh, everybody's calling in. Brayden, I'm so worried about you. 
<laughs> don't kill your family, bro. <laughs> I'm going to start getting DMs from people on Instagram now. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Or even worse, like, hey, so if you use ammonia, <laughs> you can cut me. Yeah. People Just be sending me can... blueprints. Yeah, like, this is how you get rid of a body. <laughs> That's even worse. Anyway, let's get into today's oh. lesson. All right, cool. Well, uh, I don't have a good segue for that. So our clip today is from we're Michael Brower. Kill, we're going to kill this and body this lesson. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so today's clip is from Michael Brower. He's a legend in the mixing community. He's done John Mayer, Coldplay, The Rolling Stones, on and on and on. Uh, in this clip, for some reason, he has the creakiest chair of all time. It is so. I thought un- I heard that. It is so unbelievably loud. I don't know why. Uh, he's sitting in a room with the most expensive analog gear in the world, but for some reason has a chair that can't be replaced. I don't know. But um, he's going to talk to us about the difference between the rough mix and the final mix and how he kind of treats them. And fair warning, he rambles a little bit. He's an older guy, so he does a little bit of rambling. But we're, Let's we're just gonna... blame the rambling on his age. <laughs> We're going to bring it. it back together and center on what's important. So if you don't understand the clip at first, don't worry. We'll clear it up for you. And so, just to be fair, I, I want to be brave and say the one thing that Braden's not saying, because this is the small exclusive podcast with only a few listeners. Um, uh, Those chair creaking sounds are not the chair that's him farting. Okay, play the <laughs> clip. <laughs> Without further ado, Michael Brower, roll the tape. So it's always important as you're going through the mixing process that you actually are comparing what you've done to the rough because there might be sections where you didn't nail it and the rough mix did. That's always that potential, which is why I always have my rough mix in sync with the multi-track. But in this case, I already knew the ideas that I wanted on, and let's just see how each section compares and I'll just switch between the rough which is the red button and the mix which is the green button and let's see how things go on because to me what what was originally my intention my intention was that it needed to be more dynamic and that when the chorus came in it just exploded and it had a much I wanted a much happier positive energy when it got to that chorus. And I felt that the rough was a little too linear, just moving from A to B to C, A, B, C, and then the D, and then breakdown. You know, it just didn't feel like it was, it, it was a story. All right, guys, so we're back now from listening to Michael Brower fart and ramble for a couple minutes. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> No, um, but anyway, we we heard Michael talk about the importance of always com- like to always be comparing the rough mix to the multi track, and something that he likes to do is he likes to put them in sync with one another so he can flip back and forth really easy. He likes to think about what is his intention for the song as he's mixing, and also you know a little bit. Maybe he doesn't say it specifically, but a lot of times we think, what is the artist's intention for this song, and we try to get those things those two things together. So DK, I know you like have a special keyboard shortcut and you have a special way that you set things up in your session even so you can swap back and forth between the rough and your mix really easily. So 
Just talk us through your process for comparing the rough mix to your mix and how you get the two to align. So I don't think the point is how I've set up my shortcut. I don't think that that's yeah. really important. But I think the important part is that I have set up a very easy and simple way to reference back to the rough. And, and it's easy and simple because I do so often. And I think that's the point. There's a couple other, like there's like metric AB um, that allows you to AB your rough I do think out of all of the references a client sends you from like other songs or whatever, the most important reference a client can send you is the rough mix. Um, and the further along your career you are and the more serious an artist is, it's okay to expect that they want less and less of a difference between their rough mix and their final mix. There's been a few mixes that I've done. In fact, I did one a week ago where I sent it in and I almost like felt bad. I was like, I did a lot of work and I put the time into it, but it did not sound very different from the rough at all. Hmm. But that was like one and done. They were like, no notes, we're done. Boom, paid. Sometimes that's all they want is just like the seal of approval and knowing that it's been taken care of and there's nothing wrong with it, right? Or no mistakes that could have been glossed over, right? Kind of like the quality control aspect of it. But um, I do think there's many things, and we talk about referencing to the rough all the time. And one, I think you should reference often. And the way that, and two, the way that I like to use the reference is not to try to match it necessarily, but rather as I'm mixing the tracks, I use it as a reference to figure out what the role of that instrument in the song was. For example, in the rough mix, if the hi-hat is really loud and is dominant, I'm probably going to mix the hi-hat to be loud and dominant in the song. Even if I lower the volume, I mean, the role of the hi-hat is meant to be loud, dominant, and maybe even like progressive, right? So I'm in a rhythmic, the most important rhythmic element of the song. Maybe that they have this lead synth and it sounds like it's supposed to be like this raring, reverbed out guitar solo, but it's actually in the rough mix, it's really quiet and inaudible it feels like it's more of like a harmony for the vocal um and then you kind of recognize that's how you're supposed to mix it so it's more of like a reference to figure out what the roles of each individual tracks are and then you can also kind of use your best judgment to guess what the roles were supposed to be for example the drums feel like they're supposed to be a lot harder so that way i can reference back and compare and realize okay i can make the drums a little bit harder in my way um, so there's a few different ways to kind of use a mix, but the rough mix is incredibly important. And dare I say that I will actually, I will, I won't say no, but I will, I will work very, very hard and emphasize the importance of me wanting a rough mix to the clients. And rarely ever do I ever mix a song without a rough mix. And there's some clients that give me pushback, like they're either embarrassed by the rough mix or whatever. Those clients are even more important, like even more so important why you want the rough mix. Cause there's something that they did, even if they aren't proud of it or whatever, um, or they didn't, it wasn't very thoughtful. It was still thoughtful. They wouldn't have sent it to you to mix if they weren't bouncing and dancing in their chair and it was feeling good to them for some reason, you know? Um, so just, just a couple thoughts, just, just make sure to, to always ask for and reference constantly with a rough mix. Brayden, do you do, um, something similar for mastering? Yeah, uh, usually I'll get a rough master from the mix engineer. It's normally just the mix with a limiter slapped on it. Um, sometimes it's like they've like gone and done the full-on mastering process themselves. So the song comes in like 
<laughs> it's it's not really a rough master. It's like they've put saturation and parallel compression and EQ and like limiting and all this stuff on it, which then, you know, sometimes I feel like that makes my job a little more difficult because I'm like, wow, they already like, they already made it sound amazing. Like, I don't know what they want from me now, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but like, so some sometimes uh, people don't send me that. Uh, it just kind of depends on what they want to do. I kind of like to leave the option to them. Uh, usually, though, if they're not going to send me a rough master, then I do like them to make some kind of notes uh, when they send the the mix, kind of what they're envisioning in their head. Um, and the t- there are sometimes when people have neither sent notes nor a rough master, and those are the people that you normally get multiple revision requests from because it's kind of like they send it in and I'm going to do what I think sounds best, but sometimes it can be like a little bit like a shot in the dark, uh, just kind of because like, for example, I had a guy send me a song, no references, no rough master, no rough, uh, master, no, no notes, no anything because the, the, it actually had come from a mix engineer and the mix engineer didn't relay all that stuff to me and so i was like okay cool so i'll try it so i sent it back and the guy was like yeah it sounds good but i want it louder so then i do a louder version and he's like oh it's loud enough but now i want it brighter so then i do a bright version and he's like oh actually you know and it's like so i asked him i was like could you just like send me some of your reference mixes like because he said the master wasn't matching his references and actually what he said is the song sounds great everywhere except for on my little jbl bluetooth speaker it doesn't match my references and i was like this is kind of a weird request it sounds good everywhere but on his jbl speaker and so he wants me to do it again so it was a little bit strange but anyway finally after getting references after a couple you know trial and error we got it which but i think a lot of that could have been avoided had they just sent me references in the first place or had they sent me um you know, a rough master. It doesn't even necessarily have to be like a reference mix and master from your favorite artist, just a master that's turned up loud um, so that that way, or excuse me, a mix that's turned up loud so that that way I get like a little bit better of an idea of how the elements are all working together and kind of what the artist has been hearing um, before it's like ready for mastering. Because I'm sure it's the worst feeling in the world for an artist to get their master back and it sounds completely different from what they've been listening to. And uh, I think, honestly, I've heard a lot of people that are just like, oh, I don't like mastering engineers. I'm never happy with a mastering engineer, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's why. I think there's just a disconnect. There's no references provided. There's no rough mix, no anything. And it's just like the mastering engineer is like, well, I'm going to do what's objectively, in air quotes, objectively good for the song. Um, so anyway, if you're going to send your song to a uh, mastering engineer, please provide a rough master or at least reference mixes from that the artist likes. Um, I do have a question for you though, DK. When you have you ever like done a mix that you kind of uh, what what would I say like really went ham, like really kind of went crazy with the mix compared to the rough that either one the client loved or two the client was like, "Whoa, you've gone way too far." I've definitely had both, for sure. Um, I used to feel, I feel like I used to be a lot more crazy with my mixes, mostly because the original mixes that I got and the stems that I got like sucked. Mm. (laughs) Um, and even those same clients over the years have gotten better. So I started mixing less and less and less for the same client over years. 
you know, but I think in the early stages, I did a lot because I was less experienced and also they were less experienced, which meant that we changed it quite a bit. And sometimes they were really happy for it and sometimes they weren't happy at all. Um, the problem with doing too much is that like you're kind of guessing completely, like you're totally guessing how much low end that they want, how much drums that they want. You're kind of guessing their taste. So I don't like to play the guessing game. You know, that's yep. why the reference is there. Yep. I, for mastering, just a quick thought. There's a label that I do like all of their mastering for. I've got some cool credits with them, but um, they all sometimes actually not. Yeah, sometimes they send me a reference master, and the only thing that I really use it for is to just make sure that my master, whatever I do, is just as at least as loud as theirs. Mm, and sometimes yep. I have to sacrifice some things to make it as loud as theirs. Everything else, I, I change whatever I want sonically or dynamically. I just make sure that the perceived volume is about the same as theirs. That's the only thing that I pay attention to when I'm mastering. Yeah. Um, and the label always loves it. Kind of, uh, They haven't asked for a revision in a while, so I guess I must be doing good, or at least they're not double-checking their work. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that actually, yeah, no, I've, yeah, to, yeah. That reminds me, one time I did an album, and uh, all of the songs had rough masters for them and the rough masters were like like minus six and a half lufs and i was like wow these are loud and i was like but you know what i'm just gonna make my version just a little bit louder than these and i think it's gonna do the trick so i got the whole album up to like minus six minus five and a half which let me be clear i'm not happy about mastering stuff that loud but it was rock and roll very in your face and I wanted my masters to be louder than the roughs and uh, sent the album off. Never got any revision notes. They paid the invoice and then the album just released like a month ago. So, yeah, th typically <laughs> that's what I do too. Cause when they send me reference, like this label sends me reference masters, they send me the reference masters, I think because they're hitting like minus six or minus five, like ridiculously low numbers. I yeah. think one of the songs I did, it was literally this week, it might have been a couple days ago. I mastered a song to like minus four during the chorus. <laughs> during the chorus, it's like minus four. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Just squashing but all the You got to do, I mean, music. they're paying the bills. You got to do what yeah. you got to do. And, and that's what makes them happy. It's also like the relationship. And I know what makes them happy. And he's vocalized in the past, like, hey, DK, we love your work. But he said in the past, like, we just want it a little bit louder. Yeah. And I asked him specifically one time our relationship was good enough to the point where it's like, are you willing to sacrifice audio quality, like hi-fi quality for volume? And he's like, yes. So I know oh. what he prioritizes, like we vocalized it in the past. Interesting. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up, a good place to stop. Um, just remember, you know, always keep that rough mix, that rough master in mind when you're doing something because that's probably the thing the artist has listened to many, 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 many times. I'm pretty sure Tizio said one time that when he gives stuff to Chris Brown, he can see how many times Chris has listened to it. They use some app or some sharing system. Yeah, and yeah, I think he's he talking said about that. that. That Chris listens to his records like over 6,000 times before the final version is done and sent out. So he knows exactly how he wants it to sound, you know? So... Obviously, that's like that's pretty crazy. But um, you know, artists know how they want their music to sound. If they do the rough mix with, in, they've done it with intention for a reason. So you should follow up on that intention. And as long as you do that and communicate well, I don't see any reason why things wouldn't go well for you and why the mixes wouldn't turn out great. Um, so with that, as always, uh, the housekeeping stuff: dkmixes.com forward slash videos uh, for all of DK's YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you join the Mixing Music Discord. Excuse me, I'm kind of I've I've got kind of a 
a frog in my throat tonight. But uh, uh, mixing music Discord videos, I said that. And if you would like to hire me or DK, DK or I, however you say that in English, um, DM us on Instagram. You can DM me at Flint Mastering. You can DM DK at DK Mixes. Mention that you're a member of the exclusive episodes and we will give you a discount. So good luck this week with mixing for the challenge. Try to make a, well, actually, I don't even know if we need a challenge for this one. It's basically just, you know, trial and error, learn, listen to the rough, and do your mix according to it. There's no challenge for this week. (laughs) But with that, we'll go ahead and end. And DK, sign us off, my man. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy.